Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Hey, welcome back to the greatest show on digital radio, the First Gen Hunter podcast, coming at you in auditory glory. Here, episode 26, all about marginal hits. Ooh, yes, it's painful. It might even be a tearjerker for you. It cost me many nights of sleep, dominates my mind while I'm driving down the road, And it's all here for your listening pleasure and education and hopefully prevention from going through what I had to go through just a few short weeks ago. Yep, it's all about a story that I have not told yet. Oh, there's people close to me that know it, but you don't know it yet. And I'm spilling the beans tonight. We're also going to hear some updates on just how the hunting season is going for not just me, but for Brandon. And uh, kind of an update on uh, Brandon and my hunting plans that we're supposed to uh, share together at some point this year. So, kind of a different episode, just uh, Brandon and me this time. Uh, But man, I got to say, this one's one of my favorites. It's a good therapy session, and there's so much to learn, so much that could totally change the outcome of your season this year so get ready to grow with episode 26 of the first gen hunter podcast Brandon, it's been so long that I have this this great funny story that happened to me that I just couldn't wait to tell you. So that's kind of how I'm going to kick this off tonight. I love it. I'm excited. Let's hear it. Well, you know, I've been kind of stressed out here lately. Okay, I'll mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. You know, there's okay. it's it work's getting real busy. Um, mm-hmm. I had to. I was stuck in a uh, two week quarantine a few weeks ago because of a close contact with a COVID positive relative. And then on uh, let's see here on Friday of mm-hmm. not not yesterday, Friday, the week before Friday, I had to take another day off work because our babysitter had a COVID symptom and, you know, you know, thankfully she's, she's fine. And, and, uh, she let us know and, and which we're thankful for, but yeah, I was real worried that if she was positive and then came and watched the kids and when the kids gets it, guess who's stuck in two week quarantine again. Right. So, it's just been kind of been kind of stressful, you know, and and yeah. uh, you know deadlines, stuff like that, and and uh, so, anyways, 
I haven't been sleeping the best, and it all stems back to the main story, what we're going to talk about tonight. Mm. But but uh, the other night, I was working late, editing a podcast. You know, uh, I was I was putting together the tip of the day, doing the yep. intro, the outro, the the uh, you know the last little edits to make it all sound good and everything. Yep. And and uh, I got to bed too late. I just, I, and it, it was one of those weeks where I hadn't, I think it was like, uh, let's see here, must have been a Thursday night, or no, mm-hmm. no, it would have been a Wednesday night, because the, the podcast launches on on uh, Thursdays at, at midnight, but um, it, yeah, so it was a Wednesday night, okay. and I'm like crawling into bed, and I'm like, man, Kent, you did it to yourself again, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get under six hours of sleep again. I think it had been, you know, this was like night four in a row or something oh, like that, man. where, I, where yeah. I hadn't gotten Running this, low. Yeah, I hadn't gotten six hours yet, and so yeah, you know, I'm just like kicking myself and everything. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go to bed now, just right now, just just shut it off, yeah. get to yep, sleep. Call it, yep, call it an evening. Right, and so I'm, you know, I'm out quick because I'm I'm pretty tired by this point. Well, then something happens, and I think. My wife was working, and I remember that much. My wife was working, okay. and I go to, let's see, I think my daughter started crying in the night, so I go to her room to help her or whatever, or, and I looked at the clock on my phone, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I could not tell time, <laughs> and I thought the clock said, like, the exact time my alarm was set for. Yeah, I I could have swore it was like 5 a.m., which is usually when I wake right. up. Right. And so I'm, I like go get my daughter a pacifier, you know, because it's no big deal. She usually sleeps until after the babysitter's here and right. I, I'm gone on my way to work. So, you know, I go in, get her back to sleep. I'm like, man, it's 5 a.m. already. I just feel so tired. Why am I yeah. so tired? And I'm like why do you do this to yourself Kent why do you stay up so stinking late and then you just wake up and you just feel horrible and then you go into yep. your work day you're all beat down mm-hmm. and and uh you know I'm just like I'm just really beating myself up and so I start getting ready for work you know I'm like like uh going through the morning routine and everything yep. getting yep. you know get starting to get dressed for work and all of a sudden, I'm just like, man, I am just so tired. Why did that night just went so fast? You know, it was like, it's like, I I get it. You know, usually I, I have a few nights a week where it's like, I just, I know I just closed my eyes and it's already time to wake up. You got to be kidding me, you know, but, but this like felt like extra, extra fast. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, uh, so I'm still just going about it, you know, getting ready to go and everything. And then I like happened to look at a clock and <laughs> I see that it's only twelve seventeen AM. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I was up five, Oh my goodness. I was up five hours early for work. <laughs> so oh I my hadn't even, goodness. I haven't even been asleep for like an hour yet. Just, just I, feeling del- feeling delirious. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
So it ended well though because you know oh, it's that's like, good. sweet. I got five hours of sleep left. Yeah, that, you and know, I'm already halfway always... ready for work. What could be better? Yeah, right. Well, but... that's always a good feeling when you're exhausted. <laughs> then you wake up and you real. I actually realize that it's only like midnight. It's like oh yes, yeah, still a five hours. Oh, that's a good feeling. Yep, exactly. And you know what? Part of it is, and I, you know, I get kind of annoyed when people. When people complain about, oh, it's getting into the, getting in the grind part of the season. You know, we're getting up early. We're, it's like, dude, come on, you're going, we're, we're going hunting, all right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, right. It, it's not like we're we're going to work here. So, but it does affect it. I will admit. You know, you yeah. get those early mornings. You you know, and, and then you're you're uh doing that physical activity of hiking out to your stand like, where's you out yeah. yeah yeah you start to get start to get a little tired so maybe that's part of it too because i i did hunt pretty hard the week before and i am getting a lot better at hunting but i didn't nice. get better enough at hunting quite <laughs> yet and that's kind of our whole theme tonight mm-hmm. i'm calling this episode marginal hits and uh you know the reason why i'm calling it that uh the i guess this is kind of spill the beans time here um oh man it's just it's so painful you know what i mean it's so painful and uh i you know maybe people kind of noticed a bit of darkness on the uh the uh first gen hunter social media pages and everything yes yes I was basically sick, people. No, not, dude, I bet. Not, not with COVID. Sick, yeah. sick with things that could have been. And, yeah. And uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna walk you through the whole story tonight. Okay. Yes. So, so Brandon knows the story. He was. He was. He was instrumental in this story. He basically uh, uh, kept me from uh, selling all my hunting equipment and <laughs> you know taking up professional croquet or something like that. Yes. Yes. But uh, I talked you off the ledge. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's that's you know that's the point of having that good hunting mentorship yep. set up. But um, before we get there, we need to cover a few other things that have been going on in both the, the uh, First Gen Hunter and Hunt Fish Life worlds. And part of that is, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 episodes ago, we promised a trip that we were planning. And yes. um, <laughs> like most other well-laid plans in 2020, yeah, uh, those plans vaporized. Uh, they are oh, gone. 2020. They, oh, boy. yeah so i figured we should probably like set the stage a little bit for our listeners Mm. on you know basically we're going to give them a big fat excuse here and as as my Mm. uh older sister used to uh wisely say to me when we were little kids she's like can't excuses are like belly buttons everyone's got one it's like all right yeah you're right you're right we we all we all make excuses we do we do yeah but we have yeah we have some really good excuses here okay i'd say so so i'll kind of let brandon fill in this much as much as he wants to but it's been a stressful year of work for brandon there's just been been a lot of uh a lot of change is that a good Mm -hmm. way to say it maybe turnover yeah yeah it's been it's yeah i mean change turnover all of it really and unfortunately it's just been you know with everything was actually going quite well prior to covid and then 
code hit and really just threw us for a loop for things and really set the stage for, you know, about six months of just kind of craziness, you know, being laid off for a little bit and then coming back and kind of going zero to 60 in two seconds. And so been playing uh, essentially catch up for months. And so finally, you know, it's, it's starting to get a little bit better, but here we are, you know, going towards the key part of the season. So we, we had to delay our trip. We were hoping to take a trip, um, actually out to the Midwest to, you know, just meet up and do some Missouri hunting and whatnot, some deer hunting, but just did not work out for a lot of, a lot of refactors. So we're hoping to be able to connect at some point in the future, you know, hopefully not the too distant future, but we're looking forward to trying to plan something else. But we're hoping in the meantime, we can see some good bucks hit the ground as we're trying to, you know, now here we are, it was the date of this, you know, filming, this is Halloween. So it's yeah. one of, one of my favorite times of the year to be able to hunt. I was actually out today and we actually pretty, had a pretty exciting hunt. So, I mean, it's just some, some good stuff going on. So hopefully we'll be able to make up for, uh, for the, the missed trip with some individual bucks in our own necks of the woods. Yeah. And here's how hard we were trying. So yeah, this trip originally began as brandon was going to come out here and we were going to hunt out of state illinois together yep Yep. that didn't end up working out so then we changed over to i think we were gonna archery hunt missouri yeah that changed Mm -hmm. then we were gonna archery hunt public land ohio that was kind of a good halfway meeting point in between Mm -hmm. iowa and uh delaware Mm-hmm. Then we were back to Missouri, rifle yep. season. Yep. That just within the last week, week and a half, fell apart yep. because yep. of uh, a, a job change by the, mm-hmm. the person who was going to uh, kind of be our guide. Yeah. And, uh, you know, no fault of theirs. That's that's just life. And so... Yeah. Uh, we tried and and uh it just was not meant to be for at least deer season but there's some talk yeah. of we're here we are again we're trying to resurrect it still and there's yeah. we're we're talking about getting brandon out here to chase some iowa roosters and i will say this brandon if there is ever a year you're going to come hunt pheasants in iowa this is the year Man, I heard it was. A, it's been a pretty banner year for yes, things out there. Yes, back in episode nineteen, we talked to the guy who kind yep. of uh, takes care of all of it. I mean, mm-hmm. he keeps tabs on everything. Top, Mr. Todd Bogenschutz of the Iowa DNR, the uh, upland biologist for the Iowa yep. DNR, and uh, he really filled us in on how this is going to be a great year, and the proof is there. Um, I think almost. Every night that I've hunted in, every night and every morning that I've hunted in Iowa this year, public, private, where, wherever. Yeah. I I shouldn't say every, but I'm going to say a solid 80%, maybe 85% of those hunts, I either see pheasants, flush pheasants, or hear them cackling. Yeah. And uh, it's, they're out, they're out. And so... uh um, it's definitely not always been that way. Last year was kind of a down year. The year before that yeah, was pretty right. good, but I have not seen this good looking of a season, uh, since I've been hunting. So if we can make it work, if we can revive the trip, I think it'll be worth your time out here. And, um, 
you know, my dogs will be happy to to tag along. So <laughs> get a little practice in and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I, it would be awesome to be able to connect on something a little unique like that too. So I'm really, hopefully, we can make it work because the advantage there too would be we would be it would be 2021. So hopefully, that's true. 2021 is going to be a little better, a little smoother than 2020, Lord willing. So we'd have that going for us too. Yeah, that's right. That's a good way. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. That's that's true. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully hopefully we can make that happen. Well, yes. kind of like transitioning here before mm-hmm. we get to the main part of our our conversation tonight. Yep. I thought it'd be good since we uh, you know, this is just a Brandon and Kent night tonight. This is this is a good old first gen hunter HFL yep. uh, mm-hmm. uh you know, episode. And uh you know, usually when we have a guest on here, we're trying to keep things pretty serious, keep them rolling. But tonight, you know, we can kind of, kind of uh, kick our kick our feet up on the desk and and uh, yep. you know, be a couple of old uh, old buddies here swapping war stories. So I thought it'd be a great time to kind of get a, a season update. You know, we, pr- we really yeah. haven't done much of that, and uh, uh, we're well into hunting season, the fall hunting season now, and so yes. Uh, I saw some pretty exciting news over on the HFL page last night, and we were actually yeah. supposed to record this episode last yes. night, but yes. you were uh, kind of deep into the chest cavity of a uh, deer. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was actually, you know, speaking of, you know, even within the context of this, of the, you know, story tonight with just marginal hits, it was actually kind of interesting, you know, so I was out. Uh, last night had the opportunity to get out there and actually hunt a, uh, a ground blind. I don't hunt ground blinds very often, but my dad had set up a ground blind on one of the properties. And so I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll get, go out there and give it a try. It'd be nice to get eyes on the field, see what's coming out and whatnot. So I was able to go out there and, uh, you know, it was kind of funny because we've had just a tremendous amount of rain here. And so I was sitting inside this ground blind in approximately one inch of water. So I was <laughs> just literally sitting in the mud, I mean, is, is what I was doing. You know, fortunately, there was like a, a camping chair in there so I could be up off that a little bit. But the camping chair was soaked. So I fortunately had my coat. I was able to take my coat off and lay that down to sit on my coat. So it's always good to have an extra layer. Yep. Even if you don't end up having to wear it, you can at least sit on it if you need to. So <laughs> was able to do that and, uh, you know, saw a nice young buck coming up and will be, you know, a good one next year. And then, you know, ultimately about 25 minutes before dark, I uh, I saw a real nice mature doe and actually was using muzzleloader for, it was antlerless season out here. And, and so I was able to take a doe and went to go shoot the muzzleloader and, you know, the cap went off. The gun did not fire. <laughs> And, uh, wait, 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 Jake, was, like, Jake wasn't loading it for you. Was he <laughs> right? I know. No kidding. I know. I know. I, it was crazy, you know? And so I, I quick just, you know, popped it open. The, the deer was about 60 yards away or so. Didn't spook the deer at all, which was good. Um, and put it, so I put another cap in there and I went to fire. And when the cap went off, there was about a half second delay between the, the cap firing and the and the gun actually going off oh no so you know it kind of just threw me off a little bit um by the good lord's grace i actually was still fortunate enough to actually drop the deer end up uh just hitting it a little high above the shoulder but it ultimately it 
you know decimated the lungs and it, it just dropped it and it was it expired very quickly which was great so we had a nice clean harvest so yeah it was it was a blessing to be able to just you know get something on the board and get some deer meat in the freezer so i was super pumped about that man that's awesome how do you get so lucky that's like the opposite <laughs> that's like the opposite of my story right there you know yeah i know i know i know that's... well trust me i have my own fair share of unlucky unlucky <laughs> stories so i can definitely relate to that <laughs> sure 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 no i'm happy for you that's that's Thank uh you. that's fantastic and and Thank um you. I, I gotta ask you though were you using pellets instead of loose powder i was i was using pellets yep you need to get rid of those things, man. Are, are they known to be? Are they known to be uh, problems? Problem I have, I have personally found them to be very unreliable. Mm, have, okay. The to me the and I think I actually said this clear back in a. <clears throat> I don't know which one. Maybe it was our. Uh, remember clear back when we did the stand placement episode? It might have been the uh, tip of yes. the day in that episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the or actually maybe it was the interview with Jake I can't remember, but um okay uh the loose powder it just burns more reliably more yeah. consistently mm-hmm. is probably the better word and um uh it doesn't the case that it's kept in you know those jugs that they come in yes it it's uh more uh waterproofed from like mm, uh temperature controlled yeah well yeah, yeah just like uh you know moisture from getting in there those right, pellets right those yep. pellets i think because of the way they're formed they absorb more uh moisture from the atmosphere and so right. um, i was just one day i was trying to sight my muzzleloader in with those pellets and i just could not get a consistent shot i almost had a couple hang fires you know i think i oh. even ha- i had like a shot where the <laughs> <laughs> the projectile like basically fell out of the front of the gun. Oh and it no! Was like, this is the most pathetic oh, thing. I'm no. like, what is going on? Well, then the right. guy, the guy who's like been my firearms mentor, uh, Kevin Phelps. Big shout out to him. He's a, such an awesome guy. Such a yeah. Such an instrument. He was with me when I got my first deer. I mean, he's nice. He's been he's been probably. Um, you know, looking through all this, uh, my biggest hunting mentor and just like knowing how to buy firearms for hunting and stuff, you know, coming yeah, into it sure. as a guy who had zero background in it, you know, Kevin, Kevin was the guy I needed to know. So anyways, he was there with me. He gave me some of his loose powder and man, it was like instant, yeah, instant improvement. Yeah. So I would, I would strongly recommend to you and anyone listening who, and those pellets, they're attractive because it's easy. You know, you get the little pipe cleaner, you stab two of them and slip them down the barrel and, you know, lickety split. But yeah, I've just found that the, the, uh, the loose powder just, just works so much better. In fact, kind of a, uh, a cool story on that. Last year, when I was uh, doing early muzzleloader season, uh, I had, like, you know how you can get, like, those little speed loaders for um, yes. muzzleloaders? <laughs> speed is in, like, you know, if you're having, like, a, I don't know, what what's something slow? Maybe, like, a, if you had a fast turtle, you would, you know, that term of speed, right? Nothing is fast with muzzleloaders. Right. right. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. But um, the the 
speed loaders I was using, they didn't have, they didn't come with like the little, uh, spot for you to put the projectile in the Sabot or Sabo, however oh, okay. you say it. They just had a spot, just like a little canister for the powder, already pre-measured powder, you know, hundred grains is what I use. And, um, I had let that sit in my, my muzzleloader kit for like ah. a year. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I kind of lost track of it. And when I was in a hurry one morning, I accidentally used that powder. Or maybe I used it on a follow-up shot or something after I shot a deer last year. So I can't remember. But anyways, I ended up using that powder. And it worked perfect. It was sitting nice. in that speed loader, loose powder, sitting in a speed loader. So not ideal, uh, you know, canister. Right. And, uh, man, it just it worked perfect no no issues whatsoever so after that you know it's like just further confirmation that loose powder is the way to go and and uh stores well burns consistently and uh you know the other thing too is just with those pellets they're they're packed they're packed together right they're they're pressurized into into their pelletized form and uh you know it's harder to it's harder to just from a kind of a, a molecular standpoint it's harder to burn something that's right that's uh pressurized you know it's it's easier when something is has more surface area exposed like that the the loose powder so yeah i'm a i'm a i'm totally sold on uh, the loose powder thing so that i think it just take you know there's just so many variables when you're using a, mu- a muzzle loader and oh no doubt if you can if you can kind of take one out anywhere you can i think it's a uh, you know something something you should try to do so but yeah you'll have to let me know if you switch to switch to the loose stuff let me know if it's uh any better for you i will i will yeah it's been great being able to get out there so far this season and now we're just trying to essentially go toward shotgun i might use it a little bit um during shotgun season sure. here because I, I it is great for shooting long distances and whatnot and i think you know it, it could be good for that point but right now we're just Finally seeing, just started seeing a few bucks go out, you know, be moving during the day. And so, you know, hopefully looking forward to, you know, deer have just been so nocturnal. Uh, I mean, Hmm. really, on our properties, the the bucks have been nocturnal since August. I mean, it's, it's been an uncanny like I've just I've never seen anything like it. It's not pressure driven because it's even you know since before we even got into the season they have just been nocturnal. The weather has been not really done us any favors, and so we've kind of been battling that side of things. But sure. finally starting to see a little bit more daytime move it, movement. So I'm hoping that continues. Yeah, I hope so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm totally wrong on the 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 loose powder don't let me know you know just let me keep feeling good like i just gave this 30 old vet a good tip you know well <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, honestly honestly i'm gonna i need to transition to that because you know interestingly enough so when we when i got to the property um well while i was actually driving to the property my my scentless spray fell off you know in the in the back seat where it was sitting oh. and it fell on the muzzleloader scope so I thought, boy, I better go ahead and 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 practice it. So, because I I actually, I I you know I figured you know what, let me just make sure that I'm shooting. Okay, so I went to shoot, cap went off, didn't fire. 
So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, let me try it again. So I tried it again. Okay, it fired. Okay, so I was like, all right, well, let me try it again. So I tried it again, fired, tried it again, fired. And then I was like, you know, okay, I'm going to clean it real good. I'll clean it real good. So I cleaned it real good and still ended up having that, you know, misfire out there in the field. So, I mean, it was, I was blessed to be able to still harvest something. I didn't deserve it after that that initial misfire. So that was, the, the good Lord was good to me that night. Yeah, man, that is, whew. Yeah, that is, uh. It was rough. I mean, you yeah. know, but but you destroys know, destroys your confidence it, is what that does. You know, it's it, kinda... it does. It really does. Yep, you're absolutely right. And fortunately, being out there, I had to call for reinforcements because uh, you know, it out was probably out about oh boy, about a half mile off the road, and you know, it's it just is. We've had so much rain; it's just a big mud pit out there. I couldn't get a vehicle out there. Right. And so my dad actually drove from about 30 miles away and brought me a deer cart and allowed me to help me get on out of there. So that was, it was always, always a blessing when you have friends or family that can come and give you a hand. Yeah, for sure, man. That's, that's, that makes it all the more special too, you know, getting yeah. to share that, share that time with yes. your dad and, yes. and uh, yes. you know, as we, uh, as we get not far from being old men ourselves, yes. you know, I think it probably still feels good for our, for our uh, parents to know that we still need him. <laughs> yeah, you know? well said. He, yep, we, he he really enjoyed being a part of it, and that was it was really cool to share that experience with him. It feels like just yesterday, you know, I was walking up on my uh, on my first buck with him back when I was a you know early teen, and so boy, I mean, it's cool to cool to experience kind of similar things like that, even you know almost twenty years later. So it's pretty neat. Yeah, for sure, man. That's that that is that is awesome. Yeah. Well tell me what's going on in your neck of the woods in terms of movement or what else you're saying. Oh man. There's a lot. Okay. There's a lot there's a lot yeah. to update you on. Um Yes. Let's start with the good, okay? Because the, okay. the, the bad's going to be this whole long story. So, yes. so let's yes. start here with the good. The good is I have gotten better as a hunter. And, good. And go. um, every year up to this point, so I, I think this is year six. Uh, I think I mistakenly said seven years in one of our podcasts, but I believe it's year six now for me that, okay. I, that I've been hunting. So, mm-hmm. so uh Definitely not a long time, but not brand new either. And yeah. definitely getting to the point where it's like, all right, dude, you better start, you know, learning some stuff here and, and, uh, you know, be growing a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the last few years I've sensed that I've grown some as a deer hunter. Yeah. Um, but I, so often I just felt like, am I really actually figuring this out or am I just kind of lucking out? You know what I mean? Right. Cause, sure. Cause I think there's a lot of people that that uh you know just luck out when they hunt sure and and uh there's nothing wrong with that i don't think there's anything wrong with that but but if that's if that's like if you're not content with that but you aren't looking to grow then you're just never you're just never gonna you know be able to establish any kind of consistency and so yeah which is what i want you know i i mean absolutely far more than just getting that that prize on the end of it i feel this really strong pull to you know i i know that that venison is a the highest quality of food that i can give my yeah. my family and yep. not that we're going to starve to death by any means and i don't i don't want to i don't want to take on this uh this uh this uh fake reality that null yeah. 
Gandhi joked about with us, he, and he was so right. I mean, what, the idea of like, oh, you know, this is so much cheaper than the meal. It's like, well, yeah, after you right, talk about right. all the scent-free spray and the new camo yes. and the uh, gas and the, uh, if you get it processed, the processing fee, it's like it's the most expensive meat in the world. But yes, it's the best meat in the world too. Yeah, and there's only mm-hmm. one way to really get it. You know, is yeah. I mean, you can probably borrow some or get some from a buddy or something, but. Yeah, it's just nice to get it for your family, right? So, oh my goodness, yeah. So you know, I like feel this, this almost this responsibility in a sense as as you know being one of the providers in my home, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, I I uh, really you know want to to supply my family with that. So each year I want to be get to be becoming a better hunter because I want to be like some of these guys that we interview on here who, I mean, it's, it's pretty much automatic for, for a lot of guys each year to just go out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is for you. And, and, you know, I I want to, I want to get to that point. And so I'm constantly like evaluating myself, you know, it's like, am I getting better or am I just getting luckier? You know what I mean? And, and I can honestly say, and part of it too, I have to, I have to throw in this or acknowledge this variable. This is my first yeah. year where I really truly have pursued bow hunting. I think yeah. I talked about how last year when I, you know, had that encounter with that giant, and it sounded like I'd gotten a hit on him, and and I, uh, yes, uh, I wanted to go out and try and finish the job. The only yes. way to do that was to get an archery tag, and so, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so, um. You know, there was, I went out, I think, twice, you know, for probably a grand total of maybe three hours. But this year, I've I've hunted a lot with my bow. Um, I had a week off of work for uh, just like our regular uh, fall break that we have. And um, hunted a lot of that week. I've been hunting a few, you know, usually I do like one weeknight where I'll get out for like an hour and a half. That might be getting a lot tougher though, because of the mm. the uh, oh the time change. Yeah, yeah, I know that always throws <laughs> uh, a little monkey yep, wrench into the end yep. of the days. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, uh, you know, it'll be getting dark an hour earlier after work, so the those deer will be moving. Yes. You know, kind of right around that time of. You know, when you're getting out of work and, you know, it's kind of debatable whether it's even worth it to try and get in there because you might push deer around unnecessarily or something. But, but, um, you know, I've been, I've been getting out quite a bit. I've even had Jonas out deer hunting with me once. Oh, good. Yeah, that was a, that was a heart wrenching thing. He, the night before we were at supper and he's like, cause you remember I took him out dove hunting this year and, and, uh. He's like, Daddy, remember how you used to take me hunting, and now, and now you don't. <laughs> oh no! Because <laughs> he'd been Dad seeing me go heart. deer hunting, Dad you know. And he's, yes. So I was like, all right, we're going tomorrow, kid. Yes. And, and uh, so I brought him out, and it was great, and everything. And we didn't see any deer or anything. I think I may yeah. have kind of heard one, uh, you know, walking through the timber or something. Yeah. But, yeah. But we had a great time, and and good. But. But most of the times I go out now, I see deer, and that has never yeah. been the case for me in the past. And again, it could be just because I'm I'm hunting at a better time of the year than I ever have before. Right as, now sure, that I'm sure. archery hunting, but I think a lot of it is I'm putting myself in better spots, and I'm not even going to take credit here. It's it's 
coming from talking with you each week, talking with all these experts that we interview and just absorbing, you know, so much good information from these guys and it's helping me piece the puzzle together. So, you know, it's been a great season in that sense. Yeah. Um, Jake and I have had some, we, we've gone hunting once together and that was, I mean, that was a true adventure. We had to paddle in and, uh, we kind of hunted this public, not really an Island from a, from a proper, from an axis sense, very much so an Island. Um, Okay. So there's, it's totally surrounded by private and water. So we had to, we had to paddle in, in a canoe. It wasn't a long paddle or anything, but definitely had to go that extra mile. We had to hike all the way across this piece, get to the back end, and uh, um, we hunted this this area I I had identified as what you know through aerial scouting as a place where I was like you know I just really sense that deer are going to be funneling through there. Yeah, sure. And sure enough, Jake passed on a half rack. Uh, probably would have been he was missing his whole right side. I think. Um, probably would have been a six point and uh jake had him at 15 yards and uh you know it was jake's first day hunting uh that that year and uh jake jake passed on him and uh um we had a couple more does by us and you know it just felt good because it's like here we are we got on there um i think i may have mentioned in another episode the very first time i went hunting this year i just hunted a terrain feature out in the middle of basically a prairie plot all the crp grass and all the other good spots were taken up and i just kind of identified some fresh sign and a, a unique terrain feature and sure enough i was able to pass on a doe and couple of yearlings that walked through and you know i could have i could have uh, taken the shot there but but chose not to and you know so I'm, i've been having some good encounters and, and yes and you know just again from learning from you guys so that side of it has been great good um today was opening day for pheasant season here in iowa i did not think i was going to get to hunt today just because i had such a big to-do list right and um uh, kind of got the biggest thing on the to-do list taken care of. I took care of another thing on the to-do list while I was on my way to go hunting. It was just a phone call I had to make. And then, um, there's still one more thing that depending on when we get done recording tonight, I might start digging into, uh, okay. but, but so it's been kind of an action. No rest day, for the weary. I, that's right. That's right. And yeah. I was going to try and go hunting this morning. Okay. Um, so I'd set my alarm for uh, like quarter to five and uh I, my alarm went off again stayed up too late and yep. i was like man i want to i kind of want to go hunting but i know i should probably get the re- i should probably get some rest now because i'm yeah. definitely behind yeah. on rest and i'm not a yeah. i'm not a guy to sleep in at like yeah like by any means like sleeping in for me is 6 a.m you know on a saturday yeah. sure and sure. so you know i was like i should probably at least you know lay back down for an hour or something so i slept i slept till six and then it was just like this this guilt emotion it's like man Mm. my wife normally works saturdays Mm -hmm. and she was off and it's like i could go right now i could i could go hunt and it would be okay and it's like but i have this huge to-do list but i could go hunt right now Mm -hmm. And, and then i was just you know i'm thinking about it thinking about it and and then i'm like i'm like uh 
Um, you know, what if I shoot a deer? And what if that doesn't go so well and I have to spend hours trying to track this deer or something yeah. like that? And I yeah, have a right. huge to-do list. And so that made me, you know, that that then like started to ease the heartburn of, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> of not, right. You know, not taking advantage of the opportunity. And so, yeah. you know, I get to work and I'm working on project number one, which is an article I needed to write for, for a magazine. And, okay. and, um, I, you know, I'm going along, but I just can't like focus. Cause I'm just still feeling like, man, I should be hunting right now. Yeah. You know, I get, you know, I try to distract myself with social media. I see this uh, beautiful post on hunt fish life. Brandon's like, Oh, I love seeing the sunrise from the stand. It's like, come on, yes. Brandon, come on. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I didn't mean to rub it in. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I'm just, yeah, messing. this time but, of year, I tell you, it's, it's pretty much, you know, now that things have smoothed out a little bit with work, typically most years, you know, right around this time, I'm I'm pretty much off every Friday um, for about a month to just get out there and, and, you know, you're doing, you know, this time of year mix a lot of speed scouting in with, you know, just tweaking stand placement and, and different things like that to just get fully prepared for, <clears throat> you know, this key time of the year where deer are starting to travel more, starting, you know, pre-ruts really kicking in and seeing some great signs, seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of bucks over mock scrapes and yep. different things. So it's just nice to have that, you know, built in little extra time to be able to get out there and get after them, you know? That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't blame you at all. I don't blame you at all. And, uh, you know, it just, it just made me like feel that guilt of like, Oh, I should be yes. out there too. Enjoying the sunrise. And I, I actually was going to try and like do a quick audible there and, and, and yeah. fly out to this public piece, you know, before sunrise. Yes. And it, it, uh, it didn't, it didn't, uh, end up, I, I, I made the wise decision to just settle yes. myself down and think, you know, be like, no, I'm right. If I, if I hit something, it'll be, and I, you know, it makes it so that I can't get these other responsibilities taken care of. That's a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I settled down, wrote the article and, you know, nice. I'm, ha I'm happy with the article and everything and it turned yeah. out to be good. And, and, um, my wife, she's my, uh, proofreader. She's an excellent grammarian. Nice. And so she always goes through and makes sure that my commas and everything are, you know, in the right spots. And I use, yes, I use words that are real words and, and, yeah, and things like right, that. So, right. so, you know, we got all that taken care of and everything. Good. And, and then I was like, you know what? It's opening day pheasant season. And I've just been like nice. feeling guilty since I've become a bow hunter because it used yeah, to be right. I'd hunt like the early muzzleloader season. That was pretty much my deer season until until late muzzleloader. Yep. And so I'd hunt pheasants hard in between. And uh, you know, I got two bird dogs and and it was like, this is the perfect time to get out there. Yes. And and so that's what I did today. I went out and I uh, I partook in opening day pheasant season here in Iowa. And um, that's awesome. Yep, yep. And uh, just uh, uh, saw a, uh, my female. She flushed a, a hen. Mm -hmm. And um, got to check out a piece of uh, hunting ground where I've been bow hunting, and I had a pretty close encounter last time I was out there with a little buck and and. Um, I'll talk about that more here in a few minutes when I kind of explain the whole saga here of the bad yes, side of things. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, it was just good. I was able to scout that a little bit better for, for deer season. And, and, uh, you know, public land is just so unique in that we yes. try to 
baby our private ground that we have access to and we try to you know do limited impact but uh, you know all rules change when you're on public and and yes and so it seems kind of ridiculous to be pheasant hunting where you're bow hunting but at the same time i could almost guarantee you there was a truck and some dogs out there before me today and and uh that's just the way it is on public ground so you take advantage of what you can and and uh, try to make it work as best as you can yeah. and and yeah, that's uh, right so that's that's what I did today. Yeah, but well, it sounds sounds productive, and you know, it, it's it's all about a balancing act this time of year. You know, you'd mentioned it, and trying to balance time with family, trying to get projects done, trying to get hunting in, trying to you know, there's just so many of those things, and so it does take a lot of effort and discipline, and you know, support in order to get all those things in and in the proper priorities. Yeah, that's exactly right. You have to you have to have the the family time in, and that was a big part of my decision too. Is like you know, today's a good day to just be with the family for for most of the yep. day. So yep. you know, I had a lot of fun with with kids and and just a nice time with my wife and and we actually ate three meals together today as a as an entire family. You know, breakfast, uh, lunch, and supper, and yeah, you know, that doesn't normally happen. You know, it's yes, usually somebody's I understand. At, somebody's at work or or something. But we got three meals yeah. together today as a family. That mm-hmm. was that was good. A, yeah, that was a special thing. So that's a blessing. Yeah, yeah, that was that was great. But as our buddy Jeremiah Haas would say, it was it's not been all peaches and cream either. Yes, right. That's very well said. And uh, you know the story here. Yes. So get Be good it. for the listeners to hear. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I haven't posted on it at all. I've talked to some people that I that I'm, you know, close to in the hunting world and uh yes. good friends, but I have not posted on it. And there's been much to post people. There has been much to post. And this all goes back to to kind of starting to get things figured out a little bit as a hunter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um let's see here. So my fall break. Go out to my uh, my most favorite place to hunt in the world. My uh, yes. grandparents' farm. You know, mm-hmm. been, been running around that place with a BB gun when I was a little kid. Yeah, sh- shooting sparrows and and yep. you know targets and whatever else. But you know, just love that place and yeah. um, all the memories tied to it and all that. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. kind of a it's kind of a unique place to hunt. It's it's a much better early season farm than it is late season. Yeah. Um just the way the way the ground lays, the available habitat, all that. The way the crops get rotated. It's yeah. just a better October and November yeah. farm. Sure, sure. And so I had this week off from work. We plan to go there for basically three and a half days and then, you know, try to get some other stuff done around the house the Mm -hmm. other days type thing. Yep. Well, we get there Sunday night. I hunt right away Monday morning. There's a massive cold front, so we decided to go in a night earlier than we were going to go. We were going to go there Monday morning, but because this massive, like, 20-degree cold front was was coming in. Yes. Yes. 
we decided, I, or I, we, <laughs> I decided I really needed to be there by Sunday night yes. so I can hunt Monday right. morning. Right. And, uh, sure. um, you know, this is in the heart of the October lull pretty much. It's just, it's just when I have my time off though, it's when I have my work off. And so I had to be super creative and I got, I got videos explaining all this that I'm eventually going to put into a vlog. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm really being creative to play the available cover, I went nowhere near my best spots, nowhere near my best spots <laughs> this week that I was there. It's good. And, you know, just taking all this good advice I've been getting from, yeah. from guys being on the smart. show and yep. Being mm -hmm. smart yeah, and uh, playing the wind really well, yep. being good it's on good. my scent and everything. Yeah. So this first morning in, I'm, you know, I'm flushing roosters and and hens and and you know it's a lot of fun that way didn't see any deer go back okay you know whatever that's no problem go back <clears throat> for the day go back out that evening and uh i can't remember if i saw any deer that evening or not okay i think i think i did i think i i think i may have seen a um yeah, I th yeah, I did. I saw some a, a doe and and twins that night. Yes, and um, uh, had real good encounter with. Them. I mean, uh, just outside of bow range, and then she uh, spotted me, and she was of a course, wise old yeah. girl, and you know, started blowing at me and stomping and everything, and it was just kind of a fun thing to be right in there. And I got into this really aggressive spot that I actually had to like army crawl into, and uh, uh, you know, just. It was, it was fun. I used this dried out creek bed uh, that normally has water in it and, and just, you know, nice. was really clever with my approach and, and got in there in a good spot on a nice pinch and, you know, good. right there. So, was, you know, it was a good confidence booster is what it was. Yes. But at the same time, I got busted, right? So, so then the next day I didn't hunt the morning, um, but I, uh, uh, so I, at this point I go back out that evening, I take Caitlin out. This is the first time she's ever gone deer hunting. She didn't hunt, but she, you know, sat with me. And uh, Caitlin's my wife, and and uh, uh, we actually saw a couple of uh, like a doe and a yearling way out, several hundred yards away. And okay. then right at last light, in comes this uh, buck right behind us. We didn't see him. Nice little buck. He had a really cool rack on him. Um, just like a really cool rack. He wasn't okay. big by any means. He was probably two and a half. Um, but for me, you know, I haven't killed a deer with my bow yet. And so I'm like, uh, you know, we kind of missed our chance there. But then he like the way he kind of like wandered, you know, moseyed around, he kind of yeah. put himself into a spot where we really weren't going to be able to get out without getting busted you know what i mean it's like okay right uh oh yep. you know and yeah and it's like well we can't wait here forever we got kids back at the house with my grandparents yeah. and yeah right. we couldn't go out this other way because i didn't know if there were any deer down there because it was like that mm -hmm. deer movement time of night and i didn't want to yeah. bust them so i was like you know what i'm just gonna try and do a little spot and stock here on this deer with the last you know 10 minutes of light or whatever i have here yeah that's smart and so uh, it's like either I'm going to bust him by walking out of here or, or, um, I'm going to shoot him and, or, you know, try, or I'm going to bust him trying to shoot him Yeah, basically. Yeah. Right. So 
I put a, you know, I made a move on him. I got to like 40 yards and he spotted me. So uh, I figured it was man. a, you know, really low chance anyway. So no problem. Yeah. Uh, he didn't, I didn't spook him though. I turned my back and walked away, you know, before he spooked. So he was probably feeling pretty tough and <laughs> yeah, you know, just yeah, scared right. that guy off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Showed, showed who's boss. <laughs> right. That's right. So, <laughs> so we got out of there and, and no harm, no foul. Good. And, uh, the next day. Uh, I didn't hunt until, uh, the evening and, um, I don't think I saw anything and, uh, I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever, or I, I can't remember how it went. Maybe I did see something, but, um, then we ended up, that was going to be the night we were going to go home, Okay. But there was a change of circumstance and, we ended up staying an extra night and it was fine because it was an unrelated circumstance for why we had to stay the extra night. But there was again, another nice cold front moving in mm. and I was, mm-hmm. it was a nice enough cold front that it got me to texting our buddy, Noel Gandy. Yes. And, uh, I was like, Hey man, you going to hunt tomorrow morning? You know, cause I'm like sitting here, I'm tired. I, I think I, I was working on stuff the day before a project for my grandpa and I'm just like thinking, Oh, maybe I don't want to hunt tomorrow morning. Yeah, maybe I'll just hunt tomorrow evening. And, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, yeah, I'm going out tomorrow. It's going to be, it's going to be a nice cold front and everything. I'm like, All right, man, I'll, I'm going to do it too. I'm going to go out. I did it to you. I cut you off right when I was about to get to the whole climax of the story. That's all right. You'll be okay. I hope you're enjoying this this episode so far. It's kind of a little bit different change of pace from what we've been having here. Uh, normally, just a lot of fun. This is this is really like a therapy session for me to, you know, talk about all my woes with my uh, uh, mentor Brandon here on the line. Uh, as my uh, captive audience so anyways i hope you're uh, learning from everything we're talking about and that brings us to the tip of the day i'm not going to give you a tip right now because you're about to get a whole bunch of tips on how to uh, follow a blood trail how to track a deer and i don't want to give too much away don't want to spoil the uh, second half of the show for you but this trip turned out to be quite the educational experience for me and you can have the benefit that i did without doing all the work just by tuning in to uh, the second part here and hearing all these uh great little strategies i mentioned in here so my suggestion my tip of the day is to listen carefully to the second part of the show where i start talking specifically about piecing the puzzle together for tracking down a uh Uh, a deer following a blood trail whatever you want to say there's all kinds of great information on things ranging from keep an eye on terrain features looking at aerial maps factoring in deer behavior having people along with you waiting the right amount of time marking things all that stuff Okay, so, so pay close attention to all that. It's coming up here very soon. Um, I would even suggest maybe writing some of this stuff down, especially if you're a brand new hunter who hasn't had to go through what you're about to hear yet. Um, maybe even uh, hit rewind after you get through it and uh, go back through and try and uh, 
remember some of those tips for uh, future use. Anyway, again, don't want to spoil too much here. Let's go ahead and get back to part two here of episode 26 of the First Gen Hunter podcast. I get up early, you know, go through the routine, do my scent-free shower and everything, get out there at a good time. Yep. And uh, great access and, you know, yep. and uh, you know, get in there nice and clean. I got the perfect wind. Uh, I'm facing north, and yeah. it's blowing from the north, uh, northwest. Perfect okay. wind. And it's like 15 to 20 mile an hour Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I mean, I love that. I, I yeah. like ground hunting, and so yeah. if I, it was a tree stand hunt, you know, that gets kind of sketchy because you're you don't know how your scent's swirling around and stuff when right. the wind's gusting like that. So I'm on the ground. A raccoon, like right at first light. This, uh, it was honestly the, you know, I'm not I'm not huge on raccoon. I have no beef with raccoons, I guess, but you know, it's not like I I think they're you know some beautiful. <laughs> critter or something you know yeah right you want to take home trash pandas or whatever but this was a this was a beautifully colored raccoon you like this like okay this little white edges around the tips of his ears and everything and he real Mm -hmm. real clean coat on him you know definitely wasn't a dumpster diver you know he was a good good country country raccoon and and, uh He was making his he was making his way back to his uh his home uh after a night out on the out on the town and yes. and you know he's doing the sleepy trot back to back to his den and and uh you could tell he he like saw my figure standing there by this mm-hmm. tree and but I you know I'm all cammed up and everything and he's like he's just getting this feeling like his sixth sense was just like tingling, you know, he's like, something's up here. What's going on? Yeah, And I'm all scent blocked up, nose jammer, all that stuff. Yeah. And he's trying to smell me and he can't smell me. And I mean, he's within like 15 feet of me. Yeah. And, and, uh, the, the window is just so perfect. It's just taking all my scent and just taking it away from him, you know? Yeah. Right. So smartly he goes downwind to me, he gets downwind to me and man, the second he gets downwind to me, he's like, Oh, there's somebody here. So he like trots yeah. back off and through the, <laughs> through the weeds, yeah. he's like, all right, man, come on. I just want to go to bed. You know what I mean? And yeah, he's, right. So he's gone for like 15 minutes. All of a sudden he shows up again. And so, you know, I'm just enjoying myself. It's like, man, this is just right. a beautiful day to be out here in this raccoon. You know, I'm kind of messing with him a little bit and he's, he's kind of getting it figured out how to get around me and he, yeah. he just wants to go to bed. And, you know, it's like, I just kind of put myself in his shoes, you know, getting home from a late day at work just wanting to just wanting to unwind but you have this hassle oh, yeah. in the way you know and so right. so you know i'm just having fun and i sit down for a while and and just enjoying the the beauty of uh of uh god's creation and and mm-hmm. uh looking I, I just love looking through like crp right around oh yeah sunrise mm-hmm. you know what i mean just the, mm-hmm. through the grass and everything yeah. So I'm sitting there. I'm looking through the uh, the CRP, and uh, I'm like, that. I haven't seen that blob. You know, maybe mm, it's just because mm-hmm. the sun's coming up, but that's a different looking blob. That almost looks yeah. like the back of a deer. Yeah. So I put my pull my binos up, and I'm looking, and I'm like, 
man, that that's really it's moving, you know. Yeah. And it's like that's a deer. That's a that's a deer walking the CRP stretch right here. Yeah, and right. There's all this standing corn directly across from me. And it was super nice because, like, almost everyone else in the neighborhood had all their corn down. So we're, like, the last patch of corn in town, you know. Mm -hmm. And and so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of the security cover here for deer. So it's, like, no surprise that there's deer here. Yeah. And, and, you know, I felt like I picked a good spot and everything. And sure enough, here comes a deer. And I look and I'm like, ooh, that's a buck. Yeah. Ooh, that's a nice buck. You know, that's a, that's like a, at least, he, he was at least a three and a half year old buck. I mean, nice. probably, you know, for a lot of guys, you know, that's like, okay, give him another year at least. But, but for me, you know, guy who still hasn't killed anything with his bow, three and a yeah. half year old buck at least. And, and I mean, he even may have been older than that. I mean, he's nice yeah, big body sure. on him. Nice thick mm-hmm. rack. And, uh, and he's coming my way. He's not going the yeah. other direction. He's coming my direction. Yeah. And it's like, dude, this could work. You know, the it's still low enough light, you know, that I'm I'm pretty much, you know, invisible here and and uh the wind is perfect and he just keeps kind of slowly moseying down towards me. You know, I kind of lose track of him for a little bit cuz he's behind some trees and then he comes back out and he's just making his way through this CRP and it's so beautiful as the sun's coming up and you just see those antlers, those ivory. He actually had really white antlers and they're just sticking nice. up through all that CRP grass and he's just moving. It's slow and you know, just kind of yeah. picking at the last bit of green on his way to bed and he's <clears throat> He's sticking on that corn side of this creek because, you know, he feels that security there as the sun is rising. He's got the corn right there by him, and yep. and he's just he's in no hurry. You know, he's just yep. and it's like, man, this is just perfect. Yeah, and he's he's just coming along, coming along, and it's like, man, he's a nice buck. Yeah, and I'm like, this is getting real. And I was sitting down at the time, and I was like, you know what, I need to get into like a better position to make this shot. Yeah. And so I, I got onto like a knee and he's coming along and he's just not in a hurry at all. He can't, he has no idea I'm there because the wind is just so perfect. He can't smell me. Yeah. And he's coming along, coming along. And finally he's at like 20 yards, which is, which is my limit. 20 yards Mm -hmm. is my, my, my limit that I'm, I'm comfortable with. Yeah. And, I get a range on him at like 19 with my range finder mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, I'm not drawn yet because I tried drawing on a doe earlier in the week and, uh, I was holding way too long and everything. Mm-hmm. It was never going to mm-hmm. work out. So, you know, I like already had learned that lesson. I was like, all right, when he, when his head is behind this tree, that's between him and me, I'm going to draw my bow, you know? Yeah. So I like, I timed it perfect, man. I, yes. I I drew my bow. He had no idea. He looked my direction, but I kind of, you know, I made sure I wasn't looking right at him so that he couldn't see my face and everything and or see, you know, anything that looked out of normal camouflage, yes. you know? And so he's like, well, must be nothing. I don't smell anything. He's just still slowly, slowly walking. And I wait for him to, I mean, this is how much time I had. Uh, I wait for him to clear these two dead branches sticking out from yes. me. So I want the most perfect clear shot and so he finally steps into that opening i don't have a chance at this point to get like another range on him just to be sure but you know i already got my range on him to know that right, he's you right felt or, confident yeah mm-hmm. right right so i thought you know he might be 
maybe 21, 22 now, but that really shouldn't matter. Yeah. And so I set my pin, uh, which this is something I've learned since then, but I set my pin right, you know, for a double long behind the shoulder. You know, we hear preached all over the place, which isn't exactly accurate. And we're going to talk about that here in a second. Yeah. But I set my, my pin in a good spot. And, and and even though it's not the best spot, as we're going to talk about in a second, it's still would it's it's still you know, I would it was in a spot where I still would have double lunged him. Sure. And I let it go. I I uh, I make sure I you know I got my nerves calmed down. That was the other part. I was like telling myself, right, calm down, calm down. Yeah. Don't get buck yeah. fever. And you know I'm like I I I am still like in, you know happy with how i handled that part of it you know sure. getting my oh, emotions yeah, in check and stuff and i let her i let her go and i hear what what i thought was a good noise you know kind of a mm-hmm. kind of a, a a thwack like a like a not like a crack like i punched a bone but like a yeah ooh you know i i just popped some some uh good stuff there and uh um you know he mule kicks which you know i've learned is typically a really good sign um does a huge mule kick i mean like Mm -hmm. back feet above his 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 rack i mean just like he like i nailed what you want to see right Mm -hmm. he jolts off and then he stops then he starts like trotting a little bit looks Mm -hmm. back like what was that you know and and then he like takes the first opening he's got on that side of the creek, which is a waterway headed back yes. north. And yes. just like, he's like, I got to get out of here. So I'm thinking, yeah. all right, he's hurting. You know what I mean? Like, like, I think I got him good. And, and he's already headed to cover. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah, know, this is, yep, this is yep. game set match probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. But as we've talked about before, I've had bad situations in the past, so I'm not getting overly confident, you know? And so I wait, sit where i'm at for i don't know i mean he's totally out of sight of me now so i could have you know i could have definitely gotten up right away but i wait like 20 minutes maybe a half hour or something you know just being trying to be smart and i get up and i go start looking for my my arrow because i want to see how you know how good did i hit him you know i thought i hit him good but i wanted to make sure well i can't find my arrow at that point, mm. I'm like texting you guys, like, "Hey, just hit a good deer." Um, uh, trying to find my arrow, but uh, and you know, you guys are all giving me those uh, texting pat on pats on the back, and yeah, you know, it's really oh, yeah. good. And you give me advice, you know, wait, and I find blood pretty quick, so I know I hit him. Couldn't find my arrow though. Mark my first two spots of blood or i marked the where i found first blood and then i then i just you know went like maybe not even 20 yards probably 10 yards from that spot and just kind of established a trail jammed a couple arrows in the ground and uh i had an appointment i had to deal with you know not long after that i was like i'm gonna go back i'm gonna give him plenty of time and uh so i ended up giving him about eight hours my wife and I go back out. We get on the trail right away. We're looking for the arrow. Can't find the arrow. Can't find the arrow. It's like, well, I, I know where he went. So let's just go ahead and, and try and just follow the blood trail. Maybe the arrow's still in him or something. Or maybe it carried through and went into the corn and we're just not going to find it. Well, about 25, 30 yards into 
trailing, my wife finds the back end of the arrow snapped in half. Oof. Blood all the way up to the fletching. Oh, I mean, there's so this baby went in deep, but yeah. not not a pass through. Like there's blood yeah. splatters on the fletching, and it's snapped off. The arrow shaft is snapped off at with only one third of the arrow left. So that means two thirds of that arrow was either still riding riding around inside that chest cavity, or fell out the other side. You know, and, and you know, from him running, just dropped on the ground somewhere. We couldn't find it. Still, haven't found yeah, it. right. So, an interesting discovery, right? But still on the side of good, right? Because I mean, yeah, this dude's had a, you know, almost a three foot long arrow through his yeah. chest cavity and snapped it off when his arm, yeah. You know, he snapped it off with his front leg. So I'm like, it's got to be, it's obviously behind the shoulder because he snapped it off with his front leg, right? And and uh, that should be good, right? You know, there's no, because he snapped it off within 20 or 30 yards of where he got hit. So it's not like he bumped it on a tree or, you know, broke it off with his mouth or something like that. It it broke off while he was running. Yeah. And so we keep going. We find blood. We find where he first bed down in that waterway before he even went into the corn. Then we track him all the way through. And I'm telling you, it was probably over 100 acres of standing corn. Oh, my goodness, man. So here is a big tip. Bef- yes. During that eight-hour waiting period, I was mm-hmm. telling myself, again, this is where I've learned. And I was like, okay, dear are creatures of the edge he's going he's he's going to find security somewhere where there's some variety you know something something that's that provides some kind of edge so i'm looking at the aerial maps and there's nothing i mean this is we're talking a sea of standing corn corn that's yeah you know iowa corn you know (laughs) so you're talking way over your head tall yeah and just row after row after row and so to say daunting (laughs) is an understatement right i mean of course you have a blood trail but i mean to find that in greens you know tall grass and then nightmare and so, I, I in my scouting, I noticed, hey, there's a big terrace not far from this waterway. I bet you that's where he headed. You know what I mean? I was like, so in my mind, we're moving towards that terrace. And so, if we can't ever find enough blood to trail him, we'll just go check that terrace. Well, turns out my wife is like a a bloodhound. <laughs> she, <laughs> she like is a an excellent blood tracker. I mean, I was really impressed. And nice. we, we tracked that thing through all that standing corn. And sure enough, where does it lead? To the terrace. And so Man. we finally, several hours in at this point, get to that terrace, just carefully following blood each step of the way. Sometimes he would change rows. Yep. And so now things aren't looking so great because now mm. he's moved about, He's traveled from impact about a thousand yards. And so now it's like, okay, well, obviously I didn't get the world's best hit, but I gave him eight hours and he bed down in that waterway once. And he's got two thirds of an arrow shaft with a razor, you know, ball of razor blades on the other end of it, riding around in his chest cavity. Yeah. So he's, he's gotta be, he's gotta be 
close to death at least by now you'd think so i get to that i'm thinking though still you know i got an arrow knocked and i'm like all right i don't want to just keep following this up to this terrace he's obviously at this terrace somewhere so i'm like all right i'm gonna go loop around and try and come in from the back side of this terrace so that way maybe i can if he's laying there still not expired yet i, I can put another one in him the air now right and so my wife's standing there last blood in the corn and this all the standing corn and i start walking up and i'm yeah like, you know i'm watching this terrace i'm kind of circling around it yeah as, as quiet as you can be in all this dried up corn thankfully there's a good right. breeze still though so that you know there's a lot of extra noise yeah and i didn't know it but i had come between the buck and the terrace and so I get probably within 15, 10 yards of this buck. And all of a sudden I hear this explosion and mm. he is going like a freight train racked down like a snow plow through this corn. He just gets up in a row and it's just like a blind panic. So, you know, at this point now I'm worried about Caitlin, you know, cause she's standing right pretty much in the path of his, his uh, plow out of this, this, corn and so i'm like yeah kate look out you know i like yell to her and everything and and so thankfully you know she was okay and everything he did yes and, and uh but here we are it, at this point it's probably 10 hours after impact and he's still able to do that just fly burn through this corn yeah. I'm like well we're not trailing him anymore tonight but i am gonna try and get on his blood trail how he however he took off out of here so tomorrow we can hopefully find him so we were planning to go back that night well now yeah. we're now staying two extra days which is no problem you know we love being with my grandparents and everything but we definitely had stuff to get done at home and, and that kind of thing and so we go around i'm looking all over this terrace and sure enough he bed down on that terrace twice I find two bloody beds about 10 yards apart from each other. Okay. And then he went and bedded a third time out in the corn again, uh, about, I don't know, 20, 30 yards from his last bed on that terrace. And so he's bed three times, well, technically four times because he bed down once in that waterway. So he's bed down four times that we know of in the last 10 hours three of which were in really close proximity on this terrace. Well, then we go back, get back to the house, walk through all the standing corn, go get our truck and everything else. And, you know, now I'm feeling pretty low. You know, at this point, it's like, not again. This is, how many times does this have to happen to me? Yeah, You know right. what I mean? I thought I had a great shot. I've been practicing like crazy since, you know, March, February or March. I felt really comfortable with my shot there. Thought I hit him yes. well, but still the the positive too. We know that arrow went in that far. We know. Yep. We you know I, we could tell he was sneezing blood as he was walking through the the corn because there'd be blood splatters in two different rows, and so like little tiny flecks of blood. We knew the blood was very oxygenated. It was very you know bright red. It wasn't dark red like a like a liver shot or something like that. It was it was you know. It, it pointed to the fact that we we got or I had gotten some lung with the shot. Plus, just where the arrow had to be for him to break it off with his front leg too. You know, right. That's, that's right. Yeah. And that yeah. lung, that near lung uh, position. Yes. 
Yes. And so I'm still feeling cautiously optimistic at this point. Yeah. You know, so we go back. I wanted to, I didn't want to put a ton of pressure on the farm again, trying to be smart. Cause I, you know, maybe yeah. I'm going to have to hunt out there again. Maybe I'm yeah. not going to, you know, maybe, maybe I'm going to have to try and get this bucket later or something. Or I know Jake wants to hunt out there. So I'm trying to be careful. So we wait for prime deer moving hours to pass. And, um, we get back out there. My wife and me, she's kind enough to go back out with me. We park a little bit closer with the truck this mm-hmm. time, just cause we're trying to speed things up a little bit. And you know, deer are so used to trucks and tractors and everything else going oh, by yeah. all the time. It's not that big of a deal, but so I'm not being as careful in that sense, but no big deal. Didn't spook anything. It's after prime moving hours to all that standing corn for deer to hide in. And so we get back on the, we get, we just, we just make a beeline for the, Oh, I did some more aerial scouting. I knew there was a waterway not far from that terrace, another waterway. I was like, I bet you he went down that other waterway. And he's thinking, okay, the corn didn't give me the security I wanted, so let's try some trees or a ditch or CRP or something like that. So we go back. We hedge directly up that waterway that i believe he came out of and sure enough we find blood in that waterway but i still wanted to make sure that he hadn't he obviously he obviously liked that terrace because he bed down there all those times and that's the first place he went to he went a thousand yards out of his way to get there right after he got hurt so it seemed like that was maybe his core bedding area or something yeah sure it was totally surrounded by corn standing corn so it was a good secure spot so we went and double checked there and i just wanted to get back on his blood trail and sure enough we find his blood trail out of there again all the standing corn my wife is amazing at spotting blood (laughs) we find some more blood on our way back down that waterway and that waterway leads to this ditch the same ditch I was sitting on or that creek dried out creek bed where I was sitting on when I shot him. So he's done an entire horseshoe or basically, yeah, a horseshoe. So, so yeah. the end of this waterway, it was probably 200 yards or so, maybe not even quite, maybe like 150 yards from oh, wow. where I shot him just in the opposite direction. So he had, tra- okay. he had traveled West after I shot him. Then yeah. he cut back Northeast and he had come down this, this waterway that was east of me when i where i shot him and there's like three trees right there you know i'm watching the sky for buzzards and stuff and there's actually some buzzards flying around so i'm like oh maybe he's you know maybe those buzzards are kind of pinpointing where there's a dead animal here right and so you know i'm kind of watching that in the sky and they just don't really seem to be locking in on anything it's like okay that's not going to really help us and so we kind of walk out the mouth of that waterway down to that ditch again. And we start looking around in that ditch by these three good sized trees that would provide mm-hmm. some cover. And all of a sudden my wife goes, Kent and up jumps this buck and right out of that ditch five yards from me. And I had just knocked my arrow because i was getting ready to climb down that ditch and i didn't want to you know be unsafe with my wife and me climbing around there and accidentally yeah. poke, poke one of us with with a fixed blade broadhead uh, and he, he was right in front of me at five yards oh man alive and he cleared out of there he jumped out of that ditch 
and cleared out 400 yards as if nothing like nothing had happened yeah had ever happened to him such resilient animals i mean you know it just it's incredible what they are able to process and 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 deal with you know and and still just kind of keep going and acting like there's nothing wrong you know yep yep i didn't even see a wound on him yeah I, we could we looked where he was betting we found fresh droppings but we didn't find blood so to say if i know 100 percent beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's the same deer i can't i, I don't know i can't yeah. say that yeah the unknown. Yeah. If I had to say, I would say, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's him. You know, like yeah. 95% sure it's him. Mm-hmm. You better believe I was calling Garrett Fike. I was calling Brandon. I was calling uh, my buddy Weston and called Jake. And, you know, we're just talking it over. And, yeah. and we all just really felt, hey, the proximity to where everything is. I mean, he's directly, I mean, directly at the mouth of that waterway that he ran down and in that ditch and the, you know, kind of where I predicted he'd be by those trees where they offered that little bit of additional cover. And he, I mean, it was just, (laughs) it was, it's too coincidental for it to be another deer. And the rack was very white, like the buck I shot. Right. And, and he was same general age as that buck that I shot, but, I saw no wounds, saw no symptoms of wounds. And as you said, they are the toughest animals on the planet. They are. They, they just, I mean, there's, there's no way around it. They're so stinking tough. And so then here comes the other part of it, right? So I'm, I'm like sick at this point, but I'd also been preparing myself because I told myself, all right, best case scenario, I find him dead. I get the meat, you know, everything's, you know, it's not ideal how it all went down. I hate seeing an animal suffer. That's best case scenario at this point. Yeah, right. Second best scenario, I see him healthy, seemingly healthy, you know, take off, clear out, and he goes on and lives, you know. So I have some kind of closure there knowing that he's still alive and doing okay. Yeah. And so this is 30 hours after impact. I should add that yeah. too. Mm-hmm. 30 hours after impact. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's something. I mean, to, to see these animals go through what they do and then to, to act like nothing's wrong, to not even really be able to see a wound. I mean, it's really incredible what they, what they deal with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I mean, I don't want to be like, oh, it hurts so bad to see. Because, I mean, I don't have a stinking arrow hanging in my chest like he does. Right. And I, sure, don't want to, sure. yeah. I don't want to minimize what the animal suffered because I didn't hit him well enough. And Right. And But at the same time, crushing, right? Just just oh, crushing. Yeah. Worked so uh, hard absolutely. for that, that yeah. golden opportunity and totally deflating. But at the same time, I was also just thankful that, you know, Seemingly, I got my, my, the second best case scenario. Yeah. So then comes in this whole thing, and this has kind of become a new popular thing I've noticed on other channels and so forth, where guys are like, oh, I hit a deer, didn't find him, I'm notching my tag. Yeah. And, you know, part of me felt like, yeah, maybe I need to do that here. Maybe I need to. And you know what? You might be listening to this and say, yeah, you do, you idiot. <laughs> 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 but, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe I should. 
and and um, I'm going to tell you why I'm not why I'm not notching my yeah. tag. And yeah. Brandon and I have talked about this, and I talked about this with with the other people. My wife calls it calls you guys my man tribe. Yeah, I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. And you need a man tribe for times like this, by the way, and yes, not just a yeah. man tribe. We should say say a gal tribe or just a hunting buddy tribe. You know, whoever yes. is hunting, you you need these people, these these mentors, these people to to kind of lift you up when you need it. And I talked about it with all you you know with 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 you guys and. And, uh, here's, here's the facts. I found mm-hmm. him alive twice. Yeah. I did him justice by trying to yeah. track him down. I put That's so right. many hours into finding this deer. I bet I spent, I don't know, Brandon, you probably know eight hours into yeah. tracking this deer, yeah. my wife and I. Yeah. And I mean, we, we worked hard. We're talking over a hundred acres of standing corn. We did yeah. all the aerial scouting. We, we, we we waited how we should have we we did everything by the book and yeah. we found him alive twice and not just like limping off like no right. no like moving through the corn like a stinking freight train yeah jumping out of that ditch as if he had never even even remotely been touched by anything clearing right. out 400 yards without as much of a limp as a limp and and out of sight and 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 then but yet on the other side of that those really tight beds close together showed he was hurting i yeah think it's pretty much a guaranteed that i hit his near lung so he's got Mm -hmm. a hole in one lung Mm -hmm. he's got an arrow that went all the way up to the fletching through his chest Mm -hmm. cavity Mm -hmm. this is not no big deal stuff that's going to make him sick and he's suffered and he, and he's, if he's still alive, he's still suffering. Yeah. And, and I know it, I know it, you know? Yeah. And there's nothing I can do about it. And if I notch my tag now, there, there's nothing I can do about it. I can go and try and kill him again. And yeah. you better believe I've learned, you better believe I've learned so much from this experience that I'm going to be a better hunter when I come across oh goodness, him again. Yeah. And here's another practical side of it one of my friends said this there's no shortage of deer if you're talking a bighorn sheep if you're talking i don't know maybe maybe an elk and depending on what state you're hunting or a moose where there's just not a ton of them around yeah yeah then yeah maybe notching my in fact not even maybe yes i would notch my tag i would say Mm -hmm. that was you know i'm not i'm there's just no way i'm going for another one okay yeah but if you follow the QDMA like Brandon and I do, and yep. this, these other friends of mine, you know we're killing nowhere near enough deer to uh, maintain the the population at a healthy level, and, and yeah. that's evidenced by these major EHD outbreaks we see. It's it's measured by chronic wasting rapidly spreading from the west now through the, yep. through and into the midwest mm-hmm. and so there's no shortage of deer and that might sound heartless um but then we take in this next point too how else am i supposed to get better if i don't actually go hunting you know what i mean yeah right absolutely and yeah. hunting does and hunting bucks is not the same thing it's close to the that's same, right it's it's close mm-hmm. to the same thing in a lot of ways but it's definitely not mm-hmm. the same thing yeah and 
when you think about it, when you really think about it, and you're especially as a first gen hunter, so start and, and you're starting, you know, I didn't start till I was 26 years old, right? You get what probably, you know, till you're maybe 65. Yeah, that you're, you know, you're talking average person health, where yeah. bow hunting's pretty much not a question of if you're going to be able to do it or not. Yeah, right. So that's a very limited number of times to be yeah. bow hunting in your life, and you only get one animal to kill each year with your bow, right. one buck to kill. And so, as far as I know, he's still alive. Yeah. So I haven't killed a buck yet. I found him twice alive. 30 hours yep. after impact deer are well known to survive uh, yeah. on a single long hit and, and be around for the next year. Mm -hmm. Um, I know from experience how tough these animals are. Yeah. Um, am I making the right decision? I don't know. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not making the right decision. Maybe I am a, a you know, just a greedy jerk, <laughs> but I think well, that I it, think you're, you know, I think you are making the right decision, and I think, you know, I, I, I probably a lot of the listeners, you know, and myself included, are, you know, members of a lot of different, you know, social media boards and whatnot, and and I think the main premise is, you know, you you want to, and you mentioned this, you know, you want to do the animal honor and and justice, and you know, you want to extensively look, and you and you highlighted all that, you did that, and so I think that gives you the ability to then make that decision, you know, and, and I think you're making a good decision, but you know, I think it gives you the ability to make the decision. I mean, one thing that's happened in the hunting world nowadays is it's it's become a lot easier to access, you know, equipment, you know, different things, but that's also made people. Um, you know, prepare less, you know, it's very easy to go and get a $500 crossbow and man, I shot it a few times and now I'm ready to go. You know, it, it's, it, it, in, in that sense, you know, technology sometimes doesn't do, you know, it doesn't help people do justice to the game that they're pursuing. Right. Um, but it, but it has expanded the ability for people to get out. And so it's, it's up to them. It's up to us to, you know, encourage each other and, and, and train each other to, you know, prepare as best as you can while still understanding that things are going to happen that are outside of the variables that you can control, you know, just ultimately like, you know, this situation here, you know, you can't control every facet of everything. And, you know, sometimes you yeah, look at a situation a and then you, you know, you say, man, I, I really feel good about what happened. You know, it didn't work out how I hoped, but you know, Hey, there's still something to be learned from it. Or sometimes it's, you know, I know in situations that I've, you know, had issues, you know, where I wounded a deer or something, you know, wow, this key point I'm going to take home and really, you know, really study up, prepare more, whatever, you know, to, to make sure it's not going to happen again. So it's all part of that learning and growing process. And like you mentioned, if you, if you're not going to go get back out there and get back on the horse, how are you going to have an opportunity to improve? So I think you're, I think you're making a wise decision. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And yeah. And you know, if someone's listening and they, they don't agree with us, that's fine. Yeah, that's, sure. That's totally fine. And maybe yeah. if you're ever in this situation, then, then, uh, you know, maybe you do make the better decision. I don't know, but, mm -hmm. but, um, every, I echo everything Brandon said and, and, uh, you know, <laughs> to, you know, I, th I think there's guys out there that wound deer regularly yeah, and it, it doesn't bug them. But let me tell you, 
and, and it's on to the next, you know, whatever that, it, yeah. you know, I, I don't like that. I don't think that's an ethical way to, yeah, to necessarily be hunting. Um, but this ate me up, man, this, and yeah. you know that, you know that, yep. um, yep. I was, you know, <laughs> I have not been sleeping well and this has been yeah. over two weeks ago. Uh, the yep. first two nights, you know, I just I slept terribly just having, oh, yeah. you know, you're like having nightmares, reliving oh, the, yeah. the moment, you know, just the, how Absolutely. you drop the ball and, yeah. and, um, you know, I'm, it's probably like a professional athlete, you know, they, they, uh, choke in the moment, right. And yes. miss the, the free throw or drop the pass or whatever, you know, it's like that. It's like, you just think how I, I let myself down. I let the deer down. I let my family right. down. You know, you're just like, you're, you're just playing through all those emotions. Yep. Yep. And then you got to keep it all in perspective because yes. this is hunting. This is yeah. something that we do for fun. This is something that yeah. that is nowhere near as stressful as many other far more important things in life. And yes. so I think that's something that we kind of have to, as we wrap this one up here, Yeah, we have to talk about too for a second here. It's just, there's so much, so many bigger, more important things in life, you know? Yeah. I mean, there, there's people out there that are stressed out because their kids got cancer or yeah. they got cancer or, yeah. you know, maybe they just lost their job or whatever. And so, yeah. yeah, these moments, they sting, they sting real bad, especially mm-hmm. since we, you know, guys like Brandon and I, and, and probably you, if you're listening in, you're, we're so passionate, we're so passionate about doing this and we put so many hours into it, but it, in the grand scheme of things compared to, compared to a lot of the other things that that Brandon and I have been spared from, um, it's, 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 it's pretty insignificant compared to those yeah. things. So yeah. we have to, we have to keep it all in perspective and, and, you know, not only that, but as Brandon kind of talked about, we got to learn from it. We got to go forward. And, uh, one of the ways that, that, that's, uh, helped or that has helped with that is, mm-hmm. uh, my brother, Jake, shared a video with me that my uh, uh, best friend Weston uh, shared with him. Mm-hmm. And it was a video put out by, uh, uh, um, I believe his name is uh, Kip Adams from the QDMA. Yep. One of their uh, leading uh, deer biologists. Now it's the QDMA yep. and National Deer Alliance. I don't think they've come out with their new name yet. Yeah, they? no, I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. But they're in the process of that merger. But this video is excellent. It is a it is a model of a deer's chest cavity. Mm-hmm that uh, uh i can't remember the name of the company that put it together it kind of looks like a 3d archery target but it's cut away so you can see all the major organs inside the chest cavity mm-hmm. there and we talked about this or i mentioned it earlier we have been conditioned to look for that shot you always hear it, just behind the front shoulder right well, watching this video you will see that that is not the best spot mm-hmm. i mean it's an okay spot yeah, but the best spot is actually you want to basically create a crosshair on the deer using the the front leg of the deer, mm-hmm. and see we think of that front leg as just kind of going straight up into their shoulder, you know, like this long bone that goes all the way up the uh, side of their body on the outside of yes. their body, and in other words, blocks anything important so if you were to shoot directly at that line going straight up from their leg you would just hit yeah. leg bone and shoulder punch yeah. the deer or whatever but right 
that is not the case. Right, <laughs> it's almost like God designed it this way for deer hunters. Right when that leg gets to about heart level, it takes a severe angle, that bone does, for about, I don't know, six, seven inches yeah. away from the heart towards, if I'm remembering correctly here, towards the brisket, so the front yeah. of the, the, the chest of the deer. Yeah. Leaving this perfect wide open pocket to hit nothing but heart. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, if you're off a little bit in pretty much any direction, you're going to hit a whole lot of lung as in double lung. And, um, it's, 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 uh, oh, and then the other part of your crosshair. So that's your vertical is going straight up the leg. And then yeah. to know how far to go straight up the leg, you need your horizontal portion of your crosshair. That's at like halfway up the deer's body. So at halfway up, if you were to like uh, split from top to bottom, the deer in half, that's where your horizontal one, and then straight up from the leg where those would make form that T or that cross, that's right where yeah. the... the boiler room as people call it or right in the right in the heart of the deer yeah and so yeah what i think happened is maybe my shot kind of trailed off a little bit down left i clipped the the near lung we -hmm. found blood on both sides of the trail so i think it poked through on the other side Mm -hmm. um, but missed the right lung yeah and uh just went through brisket or something like that and yeah and uh you know uh just didn't hit anything that that was vital enough on that way through the other side and then uh, i think that arrow probably fell out somewhere in the grass shortly after it broke Mm -hmm. off the tail end of that fletching and um uh you know i don't think he's wearing it around inside of his chest but Mm -hmm. but uh, i think that's that's probably where where it ended up so the Long and short of it is, watch that video. I posted on the First Gen Hunter Facebook page just last night. If you're listening to this, go check that video out. That's yes. so helpful. I wish That's I had great. seen it before I before I had uh, shot at the deer. I think if yeah, I had sure. seen it, I would have taken an even better shot. And yeah, and uh, I would, you know, this would be a totally different. We wouldn't be doing an episode 26. Wouldn't be titled Marginal Hits. It'd be that it'd is be, very well said. It would be titled something like Sweet Success or whatever. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, yes, but um, you know, we still have still have a a lot of season yet. It's not even November yes. one yet. It's Halloween night as we record this. The rut is still coming. Um, not only am I, as we know, not notching my tag, I'm still going to hunt Iowa, but I'm also, I still have my Illinois tag and, uh, we still have gun season coming up too. So still a lot of hunting to be done. I got to get back on the, got to get back in the saddle. Um, just know that, uh, eventually I'll, I'll share some of the images and footage that I have from that whole experience. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted that I wanted to, um, Make sure that everyone knew the whole story before you just see a collection of Instagram in- images and then, yeah, you know, jump to conclusions without knowing the whole story. Right. So sure, not that that I'm worried that necessarily our followers from First Gen Hunter would do that, but you know, a lot of guys out and 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 people outside of kind of our First Gen family, right? Um, yeah, you know, if they see stuff like that, they can they can and and that might still happen, and that's okay. 
you know that's yeah. that's one of the that's one of the risks you take when you you jump into the biz and try to share share uh, yeah. your hunting yeah. experiences well, with yeah, others well, you open yourself up to to things a little bit which can be good you know when you're for the purposes of learning and all that it's tough too because you know in this age of social media you know it, and, and I, I you know i'm i'm quick on social media you know just as as quick as anyone else probably is but you know the the, the trick is to you know to not get caught up in having to be accepted by everyone on social media yep. or boy, you know, oh, I, I, I shot something. I got it, you know, got to get it on there. So everyone knows. And so I whatever, 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 you know, take the encouragement really is to, you know, when you're out there, you know, take the time to enjoy the journey, you know, don't, don't try to skip ahead and boy, I've got to post the journey, you know, take time to enjoy the journey. You know, if you're on a blood trail, you know, slow down, you yeah. know, the slower that you can go, the better. Back out for a while, slow down, enjoy the journey and the process. You know that's that's a big part of the learning, um, is actually slowing down. You know, and so yep. uh, we're just we're just in, live in such a fast paced world that you know, boy, just taking a few minutes to slow it down is going to make sure that you don't miss some things you otherwise would have missed, and it's going to make sure that you actually do learn through the process, which is the most important thing. Yep. Yep. I, I couldn't say it better. My, uh, that's, that was perfectly, perfectly stated, Brandon. Um, thank you. Yeah. And if nothing else, you're listening to this, you know, obviously it's a kind of a bummer. It's a different episode, but mm-hmm. we share this stuff because if you hunt long enough, something like this is going to happen to you. Oh and yeah, it, it is. It's, and we talked about that clear back. I think it was episode four when we talked about yep. the hunter's yep. dilemma mm-hmm. and is so much of that same that same thing and and um remember too as my brother jake says success is not just measured by filling a tag it's yeah it's all that stuff that brian just talked about slowing down to learn and mm-hmm. and becoming a better hunter through every every hour we spend in the field and yep. and every experience that we have whether it be good or bad mm-hmm. it's something it's something to learn from and so that's right hopefully you can glean a bunch of blood tracking uh, tips from this episode yes. i've actually in my short time of hunting and not just through tracking my own deer for tracking other people's deer mm-hmm. um you know i've i've really learned a lot of great tips on how to oh yeah how to um uh, find deer so there's some yeah. stuff in here that i didn't know before this this uh latest tracking experience that i've had that if you um apply it to your situation i think it'll put you leaps and bounds ahead of the average new hunters uh situation when they have to find a deer so you know go back take some of those tips brandon just gave a whole bunch more here just a minute ago um mm-hmm. piece those all together and, and and again establish your uh tribe right your yeah your people that you can uh look to for some help yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I'll say this right now. Uh, if, if you are so, so uh, uh, first gen, we'll say that you really don't even have buddies like uh, I was fortunate enough to have as a first gen hunter that you yeah. can lean on. Send me a message on Facebook or yeah. Instagram or whatever and be like, hey, here's the deal. Shot a deer. <laughs> yeah don't know where he is yeah yeah i will be more than happy to to try and give you my two cents or yeah connect you with uh somebody who knows 
a whole lot more than I do. So, so, uh, we need those people in our lives though. We need those yes. people who can help us out. And, uh, um, you know, again, it's just part of the game. It's part of the, yes. part of the way it is. So it's a, it's not always pretty, but mm-hmm. it's always worth it. And, yes. um, Amen. You, you, you just, you don't find anything else like this anywhere. And so, that's right. Hope uh, hope this uh, episode, although totally different from what we normally been doing, mm-hmm. it just feels good to kind of let our hair down oh, yeah. a little bit and yeah. and talk with our our our, uh, our first geners here and and um, uh, really uh, uh, kind of you know give you an update of what's been going on and so. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, uh, there's some good things ahead this season, um, not just with deer, but pheasants. I'd like to get out and do a squirrel hunt or something at some yes. point here too soon. Mm-hmm. So, been seeing a lot of squirrels when I'm deer hunting. You know, oh my I goodness, think, me too. I think, yeah. I'm, I think I might be perfecting my uh, squirrel hunting technique, which is to just there pretend, just pretend I'm deer hunting, and then they yes, exactly, that's right. <laughs> they just kind of appear. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, but uh, no, I, I really appreciate you coming on though tonight, Brandon. And yeah. um, everyone, make sure you're checking out everything Brandon and his team are doing over at Hunt Fish Life. And head over to uh, First Gen Hunter, of course, and, and uh, link up with us on social media. Same with Hunt Fish Life and um, interact with us. Get posting some pictures on the HFL mm-hmm. Facebook page when you have that yep. success. So much fun to see. And yes. make sure, make sure that you guys are having fun while you're doing all this not taking it too seriously and by all means take care and take someone hunting Mm -hmm.